How we doing? How we doing? How we doing, man? It feels good to be back. It took a little bit longer than I expected to come back. You know, some real life shit happened. And honestly, I mean, things kind of just got in the way. But we back, alright? We back with a vengeance and everything. What is this? Episode 13 of the Norns? I am greatly... How do you say? I'm just very happy and everything to be joined by my sister today, Jossie the Ninja, as she is known on online. Uh <laughs> um so yep i'm happy to have here of her she has been my partner in crime and video games since day one uh day two because it took her a day or so <laughs> to get into gaming but she was my partner in crime within gaming as always um and funny enough we actually did record this episode already but mm -hmm. we had some audio issues with some echoing going on i am blaming nobody i'm blaming nobody it's her fault okay not blaming nobody it's me <laughs> but, um <laughs> Yes, I am happy, so, so, so happy to have this episode going up, and, uh, yeah, we're just gonna go ahead and rock out, and I guess we'll jump into just our intro. I kind of just want to jump into the topic, because we actually do have, like, a lot of shit to talk about. Okay. We'll start it off with some shit that's gonna happen, so by the time you guys are listening to this, the, it should be the day that the Call of Duty League actually starts, which will be February 4th. So, uh, shout out to all the teams playing in the first day. Uh, I, my, fa my favorite team, you know, my team I root for is Optic Texas right now. I almost said Optic Gamers. Jesus Christ, that's, that's their Halo team. But Optic Texas, you know, they'll be um, playing February 5th. That's going to be their first day. But it is going to be kicking off, and it's going to be kicking off of a very, very awkward thing that's going on. So, there is a bug currently in the game where when you're playing Search and Destroy, if someone's defusing the bomb and you try to shoot them, the game completely freezes and crashes. I'm talking mm. about your bullets get stuck in midair on some like matrix shit, and you can literally walk to the side of your bullets and still see them in there. Like the game literally fucking crashes. It's, it's insane. Convenient. Extremely Isn't convenient. It? And this is literally the day before <laughs> right? the yeah, fucking exactly. competition start. Uh, so this is really, really not looking good. And who the hell released fucking Vanguard? Is this Treyarch? Or Sledgehammer. Mm. I feel like a Sledgehammer, yeah, because Treyarch was fucking Cold War. So, yeah, Sledgehammer, get your fucking shit together. Like, this is ridiculous. This is a game <laughs> that literally is starting to now depend on Warzone and the Call of Duty League. And you are screwing this shit up. Like, so, anyway, that, that's happening. But moving on for that, but kind of still sticking with Call of Duty as well, is that uh, last episode we also talked on, um, what was it, the acquisition between Microsoft and uh, Microsoft acquiring Activision. Now it's an act. It's an. Oh, Jesus Christ! Let me get my words together. Oof! It is a acquisition agreement. 
basically saying yeah. that they are looking to acquire them but it still has to go through a bunch of fail safes and everything basically that the government has put into place to make sure that the companies do not become monopolies so yeah it still needs to get approved and everything and once it gets approved which i believe the ftc is the one who's going to be going after um they're going to be doing that and if it does get approved we're looking to possibly close the deal out by sometime next year first quarter next year i believe it's supposed to be uh okay. but with that a bunch of people were saying that the game was going to be exclusive to xbox or stay multi-platform and basically uh phil spencer came out and said that uh microsoft is looking to honor all existing agreements upon acquisition of activision and you know he basically said that they're committed to um keeping uh playstation and call of duty together they're not trying to rip the game mm-hmm. away from the players a player base of playstation they want to keep call of duty on all platforms that is currently available on the only thing is is that it literally says that they're going to honor all existing agreements upon acquisition and it's kind of like yeah of course you're gonna it's legally binding and shit but what's going to happen afterwards and yeah. i doubt they're going to fucking cut out playstation because the player base is huge yeah i don't think they will i think yeah. they'll keep them but what i think could is a possibility is warzone will remain multiplayer and mm-hmm. then the main um annual games maybe campaign and the campaigns will be exclusive i i don't know i'm thinking uh, because again it's like the only other thing is that um i believe sony actually charges these companies to do crossplay so if you want crossplay with playstation pc and xbox you need to pay them i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure somewhere in this conversation it went like yo listen we're not paying you guys no more but if you still want to keep the game on your system you're going to have to basically cut this payment bullshit and everything off and i don't know maybe allow jesus christ i don't know allow game pass onto your system because what everything that phil spencer is mm-hmm. saying is that hey listen nothing we acquire is going to be exclusive to xbox but it will be only available on game pass so i don't yeah it's kind of his way of strong arming all these companies into allowing game pass onto their platform or some yeah. version of it um yeah i i honestly don't know how it go but again like i said i can see a world where the campaign annually would actually be exclusive to game pass but annually is an interesting thing because you know during this acquisition and stuff and they also had their um quarter earnings it came out that they're actually possibly looking into not releasing it annually which you know probably go to um every two years so if they go to every two years does this mean that maybe now these studios actually get an extra year to like you know finally tune their games because honestly that would be good yeah i think it would be too because if you think about it it's not like these games are completely unplayable like no Mm -hmm. you can still load into a match you have uh, unlike fucking battlefield battlefield 2042 is horrible you don't even have a scoreboard like no scoreboard (laughs) there's no in-game chat with other people like this shit is fucking horrible so it's like it's not like it's completely unplayable it's 100 yeah. percent playable granted you do have your some game breaking bugs such as search and destroy if somebody's defusing and try to shoot them the game crashes like that's <laughs> fucking horrible but at the same time it's like you can still play the game though 
And yeah. this is why I'm looking at it like a whole year of also preparation can lead them to possibly, A, you know, we can get, scratch all these bugs out and everything and get shit settled. Uh, but what do you think that um, that whole extra year of uh, development time would actually help out with? Um, be good if they do that because you'll have, it'll, like you said, it'll be more playable. Like there won't be as many bugs. There's always going to be bugs in like every game, no matter yeah, what. No doubt, no Even doubt. you just trying to fix one problem is going to create another problem. It happens all the time. It's kind of unavoidable. Unavoidable. But I think it'll be good because one year is not uh, enough time to do a game like or to make it really good like it takes years sometimes to make video games and even though a lot of people think you know call of duty specifically is just copy and paste that extra year you can add so much more and make it more playable and enjoyable for people i think i think it'll be good if we do two years instead of one yeah well at that because i believe they, I think right now each studio gets three years to make it. I want to say. Okay. So they, um, because it's three different studios that make the game. So you have yeah. Infinity Ward drops their game this year. Um, Treyarch has until next year. And then Sledgehammer has until the year after that. Yeah. But a, I think a lot of people also forget how much shit got messed up because vanguard was supposed to be out like a while ago so cold mm -hmm. war last year was never supposed to happen it was supposed to be vanguard last year that dropped but they didn't have it ready in time cold war at least had yeah. a, a functioning game so they released it and then vanguard came out last year of uh, oh my bad cold war was two years ago vanguard was last year so now at least back up to uh infinity war which they're promising that they're going to completely change the game and everything like they're going to be mm -hmm. um i don't know what the hell they're going to be doing because they haven't said but they're teasing basically like yo listen we're going to be doing what call it it's going to be the next leap for call of duty basically which okay. i'm perfectly fine with mainly because if it is infinity ward they're most likely going to do a modernized game and it's most likely going to be a modern warfare 2 um, yeah. So I'm fine with that. I'm completely fine with it. But in terms of the thing is like, let's say Modern Warfare releases their game this year. Half of the team is probably going to stay working on updates, bugs, this is the third, and there's going to be a small group that's possibly working on the next game. Next year they don't release the game. The following year they don't release the game. But that year after that, on that third year, they now have to release their game. And yeah. they always release it in November-ish. So if you're doing it like that and you get an extra year now, you don't have to worry about that shit. Yeah. So, but at the same time, it's not like you're actually adding like one year. It's no, because there's going to be an extra year added in between each game. So you're probably mm -hmm. getting an extra two years to work on your shit. I think that's fine. Setting dates on games anyway, I feel like it's like a doom <laughs> on the game because people they don't do well when they have like a set date or time that their game has to come out like yeah. too yeah so much goes wrong um, yeah saying that i guess this will go into our final thing that has to do with call of duty and then we'll move on is warzone 2 this was another thing that was kind of brought up within the uh, i believe the quarterly earnings within activision and it's supposed to be 
within the contract apparently that sony has with activision there's going to be three more call of duties that are within that contract and it's supposed to be two of the annualized games or i guess you could say the main series games and then a warzone 2 mm -hmm. and you and i we both play fucking warzone all the time and stuff what the yeah. hell can we get from a warzone 2 because i understand from a developer standpoint and everything it's going to be easier in a raven because raven they're having a very very tough time working with uh with warzone because it wasn't originally theirs so yeah. it's kind of like hey we made this now you figure it out and you get it done so they're working with all these bugs and all this crap and everything cheaters hackers all this shit like it's insane so what what do you think we can get i guess aside from it being easier on the devs what do you think we can actually get from a warzone 2 i'm hoping they'll listen more to the players i mean i remember when we had verdansk a lot of people we were dying for a second map and they were like okay here you go and they gave us rebirth island oh yeah that was some bullshit. and it was just like it was just like a different game mode it was a different map but it was like this is not what we wanted and then finally they were like okay here is caldera and then but they were like but say bye bye to verdance like you're never gonna play that again and it's like that's not what we wanted guys like we wanted multiple maps yeah um i, I hope with this warzone 2 we'll have multiple maps we can play on um uh, like it's like it cycles through the maps like um at least two I, I, um, I mean, honestly what i think they could do is like you know every like obviously for if it's going to be a new map introduce that new map mm -hmm. and then after that give it like a fucking three month cycle or two months okay. every, every three months and everything uh it goes from verdansk to caldera to whatever the fuck the new map is yeah and then you start the cycle again verdansk caldera whatever the new map is and every month change it because then that that's going to be basically if you do it every three months and stuff that means that what is it it's going to change four times mm -hmm. out of the year and yeah. then while all that's changing i mean i don't know because it's going to be a little hard because i feel like if you're going to introduce a new map you have to leave it on there longest shit so you're gonna mm -hmm. have to leave that shit on there probably for like the first six months and then add an event where you can actually go back to verdansk but the new map yeah. still stays there as the primary thing and then one of the events is going to be like you know like flat call it flashback and then it, yeah. boom you get to go back to verdansk and everything so that yeah, like what they do with verdansk um that was another thing we thought they were gonna do something crazy and it was like verdansk 1984 and it was like oh yeah. so it's the same it, it, it was just some bullshit just all, a little all different dest destroy the fucking football field destroy a couple yeah. shit downtown and everything and then like honestly like the, the coolest addition to all of her dance it was literally just a skyscraper downtown that was the mm -hmm. coolest thing that they that they did and it just happened to be for that diehard shit which again yeah i'm not mad at it you know it's cool but i feel like they could have taken that and just done a lot more uh, yeah so, but uh, again yeah, i don't know i don't know what they could even do. with the Maybe they every can even do that, or also do you know they have the nighttime mode that they introduce every now and then for like Halloween. Oh, um, Halloween. Oh, they Caldera could even do just cycle through that, like like when we have like we're dance right, just have 
you can either play Verdance Daytime or Verdance Nighttime. Um, but both options are available at the same time, you know? And yeah. it just, every match is just one or the other. Until we get, like you said, every three months, like it's like a different map. Like, that's an option. I don't know. Yeah. Because I, I mean, at, at the end of the day, too, is that with the Warzone 2, I'm, I'm expecting a lot of things. And I'm also kind of expecting a complete refresh. So what I think mm -hmm. uh, should happen in Warzone 2, obviously we paid for all these skins for as long as this game has been out. Mm -hmm. So when Warzone 2 drops, it's going to be like, hey, listen, you can use any of the skins that you have that you purchased or was the blueprints. You use yeah. any of them, but you can no longer customize them. All those guns are completely vaulted except for the blueprints that you own. And from here on out, you can only use the guns from Modern Warfare 2, which is probably what's going to be released this year. And from that point on, I think mm. that right there would be a good enough thing where it's like, you know what? Cool. I'm not mad at it. Let's start from ground zero and let's build our up and everything. So vault all the fucking guns. Keep the blueprints though. You can use whatever blueprint you have, but all the fucking guns are now vaulted. And from here on out, you can only use the fucking uh what you call it the guns that are within the current games yeah so i, I don't know that's something yeah uh but saying that uh i guess we'll move on to the next thing because you know enough of call of duty and xbox let's <laughs> get into some fucking playstation playstation acquired fucking bungie uh bungie for those who don't know are are the original creators of halo and they are the creators of what the fuck is it destiny destiny one and two now it's interesting because they do not own the rights for halo and i believe they owned the ip but i believe they didn't own the publishing for the first destiny but once bungie and activision split up because activision was their longtime partner as their publisher after they split up everything reverted back to bungie so Bungie's been in control of everything ever since, and they've just been an independent studio. Uh, by this time, I thought they were going to have already released their other multiplayer game that they were rumored to be having. Well, not even rumored. It was going to be. Um, it's going to be happening. They had got a hundred. What was it? Was it like a hundred mil, whatever, from a Chinese company called NetEase? And with that, they also got a um, a minority stake within the company. And they got a seat at the board of directors as well. And so when this happened, I'm like, okay, this game is coming soon. Flash forward to now and everything. It still wasn't here. But Sony has now uh, made an acquisition agreement for $3.6 billion. Now, that's a lot of fucking money, you know, in anybody's book. That's more yeah. money than I'll ever get to fucking touch in my lifetime. But at the same time, $3.6 billion is a big investment. And there's been many people who have said, you have overpaid for Bungie. And there's other people that have said, no, you haven't. Because what Bungie can teach the devs and just Sony as a whole is almost priceless for what they'll be able to do going forward. Because Bungie has a hold on how to do a live service game and also how to do it cross-platform. It's, it's completely genius and everything they are the ones that you should actually do now bungie has said that um bungie and sony themselves have said that yo this company bungie is going to operate completely as though they're independent they're just going to be a they're going to be a subsidiary of sony and they will continue to be multi-platform games 
both what's in development and future games. So that is great and it's smart. When they were breaking down the numbers, they said some PlayStation is like 300,000 of the player base for Destiny. Xbox is like 250. And uh, I forget what the fuck is on PC and everything. But the PC, PC does have, I believe, like a majority. But still, you're not going to cut out any fucking market because that's just too much money. Um, mm-hmm. But what does make it more interesting is what came out today was roughly 1.2 billion out of the 3.6 which is roughly a third um, of that money is actually going to be reserved to the employees to be paid out within I believe the span of 7 years or some shit like that Um, and basically it's going to be 100 and something thousand they'll be making extra annually and that's so that the employees can stay Basically, Sony's like, yo, yes, we're going to overpay you for your company, but the overpaying, that extra money is going to go into you guys, but you have to stay with the company. You have to stay with Bungie once we acquire you, and you will get that payment. And if you look within how much money that is, individually between each of the people, yo, they're making a lot of fucking money now. Yeah. But again, the only caveat is you have to stay with the company if you wish to receive that money. And, you know, some people say, like, oh, so you're just trying to incentivize the employees. And it's like, eh, skirt, skirt, skirt. A little different, though. Because apparently, the, the Bungie's not a publicly traded company. They're privately owned. So, okay. therefore, the employees actually hold the majority of the shares of the company. So, it's not necessarily that you're kind of just padding the pockets of the employees. You're padding the pockets of the shareholders. Because why the fuck am I just going to sell you at whatever face value I have? No, no, no. I, you're going to have to incentivize me somehow to buy me the hell out. Because if anybody got deep enough pockets, I could get that money from anybody if they're willing to purchase. Yeah. So the fact that you're doing this, and it's, it's completely smart. It's not a knock or Sony. That's smart. Fucking Microsoft just paid over the price of each stock and everything to acquire Activision. That's, that's in their purchase agreement as well. They're they're overpaying. You have to incentivize the people who own the fucking company. So you know, but that right there, I I brought that up, man, because that that's a huge acquisition. And as me, as somebody who plays Destiny a lot, uh, yeah, I'm just happy that it's not going to affect because I primarily play on Xbox. Now it's nothing for me to switch to PlayStation or PC, as long as I have those platforms. Mainly due to the fact that. Bungie has made it extremely easy to do it. You can literally go to their website, log on, go to your saved stuff, and you click on whatever your save profile you have that you want, and you can click to where the hell you want to transfer it to either PS4 or PS5 and PC. You can literally choose where you want to transfer it, and then boom, that's your cool. save shit is there. Like, that's amazing. That's, that's literally how I got my Destiny 2 shit on um was it when i had first uh got the xbox and everything because i used to play it on ps4 when i was living with my, my uncle and then came here and got my xbox and then boom i transferred all my shit here like it's extremely smart now imagine how you could do that with all other games in the future moving forward now that sony's going to be acquiring bungie that's fucking yeah. great that's uh, cool yeah um but did you want to talk about nfts real quick okay 
all right so we'll just jump into it real quick and everything and then we i have a slew of questions that we were asked um so, yeah uh, <laughs> we, we'll jump into that but i'm just going to jump into nfts real quick and everything so as, as those who are listening most of you should know what nfts are um but i guess it, a way to simplify it and stuff uh let's say um you purchase an album from me all right i sell you my album ten dollars and everything ten dollars ten songs cool get it on now you take that album and then you sell it to somebody else for ten dollars you made your money back but i didn't make any money off of your resale now imagine if i can basically have a tracker on that album and every time you resell it i get a portion profit of wherever or whoever that album goes to and it's every time it switches hands when you sell it that's kind of like the the thought process behind of how a lot of these nfts were really started um and nft is basically an electronic stamp on something or an nft could really be anything it could be a picture it could be a motion picture it could even be a fucking song or an album but with whatever this nft is there is basically an electronic stamp that leaves an electronic footprint everywhere it goes and every time it is sold the original creator gets a profit off of that so it is a good way for creators and creatives to therefore continue to make money off of their stuff even after it gets resold however many times it's great here's the weird thing video game companies are trying to get into the nft space and honestly it's starting to feel a lot like loot boxes loot boxes like and and they were just fucking criminal they were horrible i remember when black ops 3 was out you know people were spending hundreds of dollars and everything just on loot boxes to hopefully get one skin of a gun like it, it was extremely bad but companies are trying to basically create nfts and you know get you to purchase them and stuff and it feels really weird because there's no really room for nfts in a video game space as it stands unless you go about it certain ways so there's a lot of people that are continuously talking about the negative and the bad side of it but here's a way that it can possibly work and this is the only reason why i'm going because you know here, here's a little i don't want to say it's pushback but you know to play devil's advocate and everything here's how it could work a big person who's getting criticized a lot on it is ubisoft ubisoft is getting heavily criticized because it their nfts are just bullshit and everything and it just it seems disingenuous they don't really it looks like they're just doing it simply only because of the money that is the only purpose that they're doing it for and honestly they're giving you bullshit cosmetics that don't even look like it's much different and they do nothing different so here's a way and i'll use ubisoft as my example of something that can work because i do believe ubisoft is the main company in which something like this can work in ubisoft you have the uplay store you play store is basically a store that's interconnected and you can use your uplay points to purchase certain things within certain games um so a cool thing about nfts you can set it up for is if you own this nft let's say like i'm a band i'm a huge famous band and i make an album if you buy the nft for this album i can set it up for it as if every time i do a show in your state or your city or whatever and stuff if you come up to the show and you show this nft and i verify it you can get free admission it's almost like a cool kids club token yeah 
like if ubisoft really does this smart it could possibly work and mind you video gaming is also a place where csgo exists counter-strike global offense it exists how many people spend how much money on counter-strike skins for their guns or their knives it happens all the time so ubisoft can literally use that to their advantage and do something even cool like that screw having an nft to a game what if it's just an nft to ubisoft let's say i'm playing rainbow six siege and i have this um skin to a gun i don't know i'll use a call of duty skin the damascus skin and everything that's a highly sought after skin and everything is everybody knows it if i could get a damascus skin in rainbow six siege which is a ubisoft game imagine if now that unlocks it for every fucking other game that i play what else does ubisoft own they also own splinter cell what happens if i can run around with sam fisher and his gun his sc has a damascus skin on it guess what they also <laughs> own far cry what if i all my guns in far cry and everything that i use all have a damascus skin on that gun like you see where i'm getting at if i'm playing ghost recon yeah. and everything and stuff that all my guns in ghost recon i can set to have that damascus skin but guess what you need to own that nft in order to have that specific thing let's say assassin's yeah. creed and everything i get an assassin's creed nft well guess what maybe all my characters and all my ubisoft games i might be able to unlock a cool hoodie that's a white hoodie has some red accents and my hood has a little point like um all the assassins do looking like the eagles fucking beak what if now i'm in rainbow six siege and my character that i have she can now have a white hoodie specific to assassin's creed and have the Assassin's Creed symbol and then all my characters and all my other games have that cool assassin's creed hoodie that's something that can actually be cool but then again you know it it you got to make sure that you don't make it a pay to win so like that hoodie mm -hmm. can't give you like a fucking plus 50 health in whatever game you get like nah you can't do crazy shit like that and everything but at the same time it could be something cool i just don't know if nfts are the way to go about it though that kind of yeah. i think that's kind of where it's falling you could just do like a community event maybe of like hey if everybody goes to this um if we're playing assassin's creed everybody goes to this one place and everything and stuff like that and uh you remember the game we used to play just hellfire yeah they used to have the big events and this the boss's health pool was like five billion health or whatever and then you go fight it and you only bring it down like 200 well then guess what it's a community event so everybody has to fight it so all the people around the world are fighting it and the hell starts you start seeing it chip the hell down over time and everything so they could do something like that and then if you if everybody during a community event kills the boss then guess what everybody gets something special but you have to actually participate in the event that could be something cool but what i don't think is cool is that because ubisoft is extremely hungry for money they'll quickly just be like yo uh okay cool fifty dollars for this nft and everything and stuff like that and you get a fucking a gun in rainbow six siege and that gun you could also get it in the division okay cool well what does this gun do oh nothing it's the same exact gun as the one that's in the game it just has a different skin well i gotta pay fifty dollars for that bullshit and it just gives me a different skin nah i'm okay because that's literally what they ended up doing now you didn't have to pay fifty dollars for it but the nft started off in ghost recon um breakpoint 
and it was literally bullshit stuff. It was the same guns and weapons that are the same thing. And you're paying for this shit. Yeah. But it's the same thing. You just have a different skin. Like, at least make the skins cool. Like, make them desirable. You know? <laughs> and be, yeah. like, be like Call of Duty and add tracer rounds to that shit. Like, do <laughs> something for the fucking cause. But uh, that's just something I wanted to touch on. How do you feel about NFTs and everything being in gaming? Um... I don't, I think the only way, like, it reminded me of Sea of Thieves, like, how they do items, like, their skins and all. Everything in Sea of Thieves doesn't give you any, like, perks or advantage. Like, all their stuff is just skins. It's all cosmetics. And, um, the closest thing I could think of to NFT, NFT that they did was, like, um, their Sea of Thieves controllers that came out. They only came out with uh, a yeah. certain amount of them, and once you bought it, that was it. Um, they had a code and with the controller, and the code gave you a, a what's it called, like a costume kind of it thing. It was the ferryman's costume. Yeah. You goddamn so, right. We both got that shit, baby. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> so, a lot of people were upset about it though because they couldn't get their hands on them and. So I think that's where it could like cause problems. I guess if they do it that way, is people yeah. wanting to get it and whatever. But they had they did a similar thing with the mercenary um, stuff um, in Sea of Thieves, where it was also a limited amount of codes, and everyone complained because they couldn't get them. So they ended up making it available for everyone in the game, but which is stupid. But I think. Sea of Thieves is like the, un- like you said, Ubisoft is like your example of a game who can make it work. I think Sea of Thieves is another one, as long as people don't complain. They already kind of do it with their, um, they do... The Twitch drops? They have, yeah, they do tr- Twitch drops, which is a good way to get, um, custom items. But another one is they have, like, the Pirate Emporium, which, um, there's special items you can get there by purchasing ancient coins, I think they're called. And with these ancient coins, you can purchase special items in the Pirate Emporium. And this costs real money. And um, you can buy them. And not many people can get it because it's like you have to pay real money for it. Um, Another thing that they do, which is similar but not really, is they do this thing where they do like charity events. And if you donate to this charity event, you will get a custom item also. um, That only the people who donate it will get. So they do like stuff like that. So I could see Sea of Thieves being a game where NFTs could work. Um, but I can't really, I don't know. See, I feel like other people, like you said, could take advantage of it because yeah. they're just doing it for the money and it's like, it doesn't really work. But Sea of Thieves is a cosmetic only game. So it's like, yeah, see that. That's I could see that working. Yeah. And I think you actually brought up a good point though. Sea of Thieves is actually a perfect example. Because if you go online right now and look up a Sea of Thieves controller, the controller that you and I both have, mm-hmm. look up how much those controllers are. The controllers that are literally the controller hundreds. itself, no fucking box. It's a couple hundred for that shit. Yeah. I'm talking about no box, just the controller. A couple hundred. If it's sealed in the box, I've seen the highest I've seen is $3,000 for this fucking controller. That's crazy. That's the highest I've seen. It could be more. I don't know, but the highest that I've seen after searching it is 3000 That is fucking ridiculous. Considering the fact that this controller at launch when it first came out was only $75. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. and then i remember when i purchased it for myself it was like 120 130 and then when i purchased it for you it was already averaging around fucking 150 yeah and then i ended up getting it cool on like a 145 or 143 with tax it was like 145 some bullshit like that uh mm -hmm. but I, I paid like no more than 145 for that shit so like i'm looking at it and i'm like yo like this is crazy that like you and i both have it but at the same time you and i also both have those codes and although yeah. the controllers are extremely cool to have if you're a fan of the game and you really want to be you know part of some cool shit the codes are really what you're after yeah. Um, I remember um, fucking Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. The only way you can get the orange lightsaber was it orange or was it yellow? I think it's orange. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was orange. The only way you can get the orange lightsaber is if you pre-order the game. So these codes for the orange lightsaber were going for upwards of eighty dollars a piece for one code for a fucking orange lightsaber. And I ain't gonna hold you. I almost purchased that shit. And thank God I didn't, because two days after I made the mental decision, when I get paid, I'm gonna buy this shit. Guess what? Two days after, they fucking made it free to everybody. And I was like, thank God I didn't buy that shit, because I would've been mad as hell. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but at the same time, you know, I think the developers saw that literally people are out here selling this shit for like $80 a piece and everything. Um, but yeah, it, NFTs can cause a huge problem in the gaming um sphere you know even mobile games like genshin impact it, they it was just reported that they started following a bunch of nft marketplace pages on twitter uh, so like these stalker 2 got heavily criticized when they said they were going to be launching nfts and then they canceled their uh, thing for nfts so like you know like these companies are like trying to get into it and everything but it's extremely weird how they're choosing now to get into it and mm -hmm. also, a lot of them, I'm sorry, but if you're going to actually create an NFT, you need to be able to give me something else other than simply just a skin. Like, there has to be more. You got to incentivize it, which is the reason why I brought up Ubisoft. Because if yeah. it's going to be simply just a skin, that skin better carry over to all your other fucking games. So mm -hmm. I better get it in a fucking Rainbow Six Siege, a Ghost Recon, a Far Cry, and everything, a Division. I better get in all those games if I'm going to get it just for, if it's just going to be a measly fucking skin. And also, it better <laughs> be a cool-ass skin. Like, my yeah. gun better be fucking glowing or some crazy shit. It better actually be nice. <laughs> um, but saying that and everything, um, I guess that's going to bring our topics to a close. Unless, did you have any more gaming topics you want to get into? Mm, not really. Because, honestly, the biggest topics were really just Call of Duty and uh, um, fucking Ubisoft. Those were really just, I mean, not Ubisoft, um, Bungie and Sony. Those were really the two biggest things. But <laughs> saying that, uh, we got some questions. So, let's go ahead and go and run down shots to Jihad and everything to homie for actually, you know, providing the majority of these questions, if not all of them. Uh, so, he said, here's a few questions and everything. What got you into gaming? So, Jocelyn, let's you go kick that shit off first. You got me into gaming. You got uh, damn right. Yeah. <laughs> I think we grew up with... Well, I, this is probably be your, your answer, so I'm not going to get too into it. But, like, our dad played video games and stuff. Gratata. So you played video games, and then you got me into playing video games. Skr, skr. And, yeah. Sorry, I had to ad-lib ad how amazing I was. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, I guess yeah, what got uh, me into gaming? Uh, 
I guess, yeah, I think it was was her pop, you know? You know, mm-hmm. the, the abandonment of her father, you know? <laughs> um, he, he was like, hey, guys, I'm not around much, but, you know, here's some fucking video games. Um, but, yeah, no, like, uh, yeah. God, we started off extremely, extremely young. I think also what made me get into video games, every time we went to um, go see Uncle Johnny, he um, mm-hmm. always, he, him on his PS2 and his GameCube and everything, like, to us, that was cool. Especially yeah. because, you know, we, did, we didn't have one at the time. Yeah, he had, like, all the consoles we didn't have. Yep. And somehow he still always wanted to borrow our shit, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, like, uh, yeah, I think, honestly, it was literally what got us in the game was the fact that our father literally was just not around. And he used to just buy his game consoles. Like, hey, yeah, here, I know I'm not around, but, hey, play this shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's... <laughs> out of boredom this literally what got us into video games um uh what console did you own as a kid slash your first console so out of all Mm -hmm. the console first console we we discussed because again we recorded this episode before and it's literally the audio got fucked up we discussed this we do not remember our first console um it's gonna get that off the bat first we have we have so many at at one point you know it's kind of harder to know which one we had so many our mom made us give one to the neighbors like (laughs) well she made us give yeah the sega saturn she made us give to fucking natalie that's crazy Mm -hmm. and that broke my heart man um but her kids probably never even used it real shit and it's crazy because not actually we didn't even give it to her for the because she wasn't she ain't even have a kid at the time Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, she was still in high school. <laughs> like, oh my god, she probably never used it. Fuck no, she probably saw that shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but what were the consoles that we had? I mean, we just said the Sega Saturn. So we had the Sega Saturn, the Genesis, the NES, the SNES, um, fucking the N64. We had the OG Game Boy, where the screen was just black and green. Uh, we had that yeah. shit. Uh, certain Game Boy games didn't even work on it because if y'all remember the power button on the original Game Boy, when you turned on the power button, like so, there are some Game Boy games that you, when you look at them, they're not a perfect fucking like rectangle thingy. There's some okay. that actually have a notch inside it, and that's because the original Game Boy, when you powered it on, a little stick came out to actually secure the game inside so it wouldn't come out and everything so if you guys are ever wonder what those notches were there for that notch was because of the og fucking game boy uh, <laughs> so yeah so we had certain games that we couldn't even play even though we owned them <laughs> because yeah. they, they were for like the game boy color and shit like that I um, one. yeah I, I got one too i bought one at comic-con a couple years ago remember oh yeah i bought yeah. that purple one that shit worked like a charm mm-hmm. <laughs> um the only reason why I bought it is because it actually had the back piece. So I was like, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. We also had the, the Nintendo DS. Um, oh, I yeah. had one and then you saved up to buy one. Yeah, we had the OG DS, the silver one. And then mm-hmm. after the silver one came out, they released the blue one. So then uh, you kept the silver one. You put all the Scooby-Doo stickers on it. I got the blue one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't want to call anyone out, but Sonia came over one day and... I let her sleep in my room because she was a guest and she left and when I went back to my room my DS was broken so after all these years of keeping it in great condition it's it is fault. now destroyed all your fault <laughs> yeah um, she probably picked it up and dropped it never said anything we had. we had a PS2 for a little bit of time um, mm. and then we had a GameCube 
We had the OG Xbox. Xbox. Yeah, the Xbox 360. Oh, yeah. The original Xbox. Uh, yeah, and other than that, we had Xbox One. Uh, the One S, I have the Series X. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, we, we've had consoles off the ass the whole time and everything. Oh, I had a PS4 as well. Then I sold it because I got fucking bored. Um, <laughs> yeah, I tell you, you know, I play all my multi, you know, well, you know me. I'm a multiplayer guy and everything. Yeah. So I play my single player games. But once somebody texts me, yo, I'm on, that shit gets cut the fuck off and I'm on a multiplayer game. Like, that's just mm-hmm. how I operate. I'm never going to change. Yeah. Oh, uh, but uh, saying that, I guess, what's your favorite genre of games? Jesus Christ, favorite genre? Uh, RPGs and like strategy games rpgs more though that's my top like favorite genre yeah, uh, i like uh, games where you can like make a decision and it actually affects the game and like you feel like you actually are like doing something that's affecting the world you know yeah see, for me it's hard because like got like yo for those who don't know like um ghost recon wildlands actually had its own community ran like competitions they had their own community league and there was a few of them and for those who don't know i've competed in them for like three seasons uh first season you know didn't really play much and stuff uh because i i play as a support but the next season i took off the two following seasons after that i actually took over within my clan we had multiple teams i took over one of the teams and uh i create like eric kicked everybody out that was on the team and i re brought everyone that i play with normally i recruited everybody that's on my normal everyday night guys that i play with recruited all of them and we competed for two seasons very very strong together and stuff and even though we were not as good as you know all the fucking people who were heavy on it but she we fucking made it to playoffs and then we made it to the quarterfinals the second season that we played together now nah, we did our fucking thing so i am heavy on shooters i'm talking about fucking heavy but at the same time if you look at the games that i put the most hour on it's literally between fucking probably like ghost recon call of duty and um probably assassin's creed like i i play action adventures just as much as i play shooters so yeah. like it, it, it's kind of hard so I, it's between those two and you can fucking argue and try to tell me that i gotta pick one i don't give a fuck it's between those two. Oh, uh, <laughs> i guess what's your favorite franchise and why jesus christ go ahead jess you go uh, take that one my favorite franchise uh, maybe mass effect um like i think i enjoyed playing those games the most but I don't know. Fallout is really good too. Although the last couple, I don't know. The last couple ones were kind of crappy. But I think, oh uh, yeah, Mass Effect. Final answer. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Fallout's always gonna have a hard place, like in my heart, of like that I battle between mainly because my yeah. first introduction to Fallout was Fallout Three, and like that Same. was mind blowing to play as a game. Like it was great. It like it. My first experience with Fallout Three felt almost just as much as my first experience with nice at old republic like it, it was just uh, a yeah, breath of fresh air great. there was yeah. I did, you never played anything like it so me playing that at the time and again the reason why playing a game like that felt like nothing ever before is because again i at the time i was primarily only playing shooters 
Like I was playing yeah. Call of Duty in and out every second of my fucking life. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and at the time, both me and my sister were in clans in Call of Duties too. So like we were yeah. on heavily like every night. Um, so when we play a game that just took us out of that and it felt right, yeah, it's good. But again, the only reason why I have a like a, a, a what's it a push and pull between how I feel about Fallout is because after Fallout Three, I played Vegas. And I was like, oh, I love Fallout 3 because of the story. But Vegas, yeah. the experience and world in Vegas is just so much better. The only yeah. issue is Vegas was not made by the same studio. And that's where I kind of can't. Ugh, it, it, it's just a hard thing to do. I really love the Fallout games or do I really mm -hmm. just love how Vegas changed it up? Which, again, yeah. is a completely different studio that made it. Um, yeah. So I don't know. But for my favorite franchise... I'm gonna be a sucker and just say I'm gonna just fuck say it's between Assassin's Creed and Splinter Cell, like those oh, two. Splinter Cell's good too. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and again, Josh, me and you both, we've played Splinter Cell since the OG Xbox, and we have yeah. played every fucking Splinter Cell game that ever came out, and so yeah. like, it, it was hard. I even played the Spiderbot game that came out on the cell phones and everything. <laughs> like, bro, I was what was that Blacklist when it came out? Like, I was playing every so. fucking game, man. Um, but yeah, so it's between Assassin's Creed and Splinter Cell, and it's funny because I actually got onto Splinter Cell late. I mean, not Splinter Cell, Assassin's Creed. Like Assassin's when I my Creed. first time I ever played Assassin's Creed, I think Assassin's Creed Two was already out, and the first Assassin's Creed. You remember when they released? They used to release the platinum hits of the games, and it was mm -hmm. in the bargain bin. Yeah, <laughs> that's when I picked <laughs> that shit up. I think it was that fucking like what was it, Burlington Co Factory? I bought yeah. that shit. <laughs> oh. But yeah, no. So I'm also, I also like out. Dragon Age. I just started. I haven't played all of them, but I just started the series, and I'm really enjoying it so far. Okay, that's love. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I can cheat, I would say the Remedy games because that universe is like, oof. You know, I I, I love their story driven shit. Oh, oh, and also, yeah. There's a rumor that fucking Sony. Well, the head Jim Ryan, the head of um, PlayStation, he said, "Yo, we're not done acquiring shit." Oh man, the rumor is that apparently <laughs> they have two big acquisitions that are going on, and watch out, yeah, Microsoft. Apparently, one of them is like some uh, fucking studio in the UK, and okay. as someone who follows um, a lot of the business stuff within studios and everything, a lot of people just follow the gaming shit. I like to follow a lot of the business shit that affects the gaming. Uh, Remedy is in a perfect place for Sony to come in, swoop up, purchase them and therefore make all their shit exclusive because they primarily make mm -hmm. single player games uh so like that's and they are working on the multiplayer now but the multiplayer has not been announced and it already has a publisher so sony doesn't have to worry about upfronting the cost so mm. they're in a perfect place to just like yo release the multiplayer let everybody play it but all of your single player games they're exclusive to playstation and yeah. i can see that happening and i'm down for it if it does happen because you know Remedy, although again, I'm primarily an Xbox guy. As a fan of Remedy, I do feel as though they're an independent studio, so I do feel they need a big court behind them to just be able to help upfront the call so they can continue to just make games as freely as possible and possibly not have to cut corners due to production costs. Um, mm -hmm. But say that, back to the questions. Uh, uh, what is your favorite studio? Or developer mm. slash publisher and why? 
Uh, I really like Rare, the ones who make Sea Thieves, because they're hey, really... Hey, hey, they also made Banjo-Kazooie. I wasn't about those games. I didn't even know they existed until after I uh, started playing Sea of Thieves. But, um, I'm sorry. But yeah, they're really focused on the community. Um, and I don't know, like, I feel like as, like, the players, we get a lot of say in what happens and what doesn't happen in the game. They really listen to us, and yeah. In fact, they just started this thing, I want to say last week, like now they're doing community days where like, I don't know if it's every That's month low. or every couple months where they'll do like an event and um, we get prizes and stuff like that. Um, there's different things you can get throughout the day and it was like really fun and um, yeah, so they're always changing the game. There's always something going on. They're adding content all the time. Every month, there's something. Yeah, and also, and, um, there are, I don't mean to cut you off, but there are a lot of no, people fine. out there who don't believe that um, people actually enjoy Sea of Thieves. Um, <laughs> there's also what? people who don't believe that Rare actually does a good job with Sea of Thieves. So, what? please understand that when my sister is talking about that, they listen to the community. Please understand that you are, like, we are two people speaking of people who are inside their insider program and have been there from the beginning so we also yeah. seen that a lot of the stuff that they have added are literally from the fans that are in the insider program who have been in these private conversations with them and given them the ideas and a lot of shit that's in there is literally from our mouths not mine specifically yeah. but the community's mouth and everything that are within the insider program so please understand that they literally do work with the community especially being yeah. able to have the monkey that's on your arm and everything or the parrot and shit like that you know, like like shit like that and stuff. A cat on, on your ship and stuff. little things like that. Yeah, that comes from the community and everything. It, it might not seem like yeah. anything crazy or big, and it, but it's stuff that the community wanted because you know you're a fucking pirate. We want to have cool shit on the ship and everything and stuff. Um, you know, the bearing treasure and stuff like that. The fishing, yeah. um, the different instruments and stuff. All that is literally from the fucking community, the fans. Yeah. Um, but go ahead, if Jess, you were to see what the game like, what what the game looked like in the technical alpha to what it looks like now, it's completely different. And a lot of the stuff, like you said, was added because people in the technical alpha um, group before they added the whole insider program, you can only be part of that group if you were like part if you were chosen randomly. Yep. Um. So now they have this insider program everyone is allowed to join now you do have to there's a whole nda you know thing you have to sign so you can't talk about what goes in the insider Damn, program I just but nda jesus fucking christ no well no because all the stuff you mentioned is already in the game oh but, okay we should um <laughs> yeah so um but yeah so a lot of the stuff that happens or that's in the game now is because people have requested it or they've tested it out there have been things that were in the insider program that have never entered the main game because people were like this won't work or you know like this is not good like yep. so yeah so yeah i feel like rare is my favorite because of how well they listen to the community and yeah they're all they're very responsive too like if there's a bug or something like that i know a lot of people complain but i, I feel like people who play video games 
don't understand what goes into making video games and it's really annoying but when you know people who make video games you realize how much goes into it so it's not that easy and yeah so anyway no, no, a lot I of people complain but i feel like they don't understand themselves like what goes into it but rare does a really good job at responding to people and making changes and stuff like that yep. keeping yeah. the experience good i guess for me i mean i kind of said it when i talked about the whole like sony acquiring people but um remedy mm -hmm. remedies my fucking studio jesus christ um like and again you know this is so when you hear my sister talk about like you know she don't think that people understand what the devs have to go through shit like that she is speaking from the point of view of someone who's actually engaged to a game developer all right now me talking about my love for remedy is coming from the point of view of someone who is actually a writer i am a writer okay i am both an author and a poet when i am telling you that remedy stories are fucking amazing they are amazing <laughs> like they are <laughs> great and uh regardless of how you might feel about certain things like quantum break i loved fucking quantum break that game is criminally underrated story-wise gameplay-wise yeah. no i'm not gonna lie it's some of the worst shooting i've ever played in a game if not it's <laughs> arguably the worst um so yeah um it, it's definitely not good but the story the level up powers it's, it's really kind of just mainstreamed for like how you level your um your, the main character up and everything it's not anything too wild but i kind of enjoy that because the focus point is the story and the story is kind of cool because you actually do get to choose how certain things happen so you can make a choice and when you make a choice that affects different stuff and ultimately affects your fucking ending um i feel as though i had a fair ending i did like mine uh, as well as the, <laughs> there are two cutscenes in the game so but again even the ending is amazing and i'm still waiting i am praying to god that they connect this into control or alan wake even though it technically already is connected to alan wake because in the game he literally he walks through um a fucking college room and everything where it looks like a lecture had just finished and on the board he, when you walk by it if you interact with the board he says oh he's i like his work and everything he's a good writer and it says alan wake on the chalkboard and stuff so you know and in the games alan wake you play as a writer that he writes horror um stories or my bad he writes um not horror stories he writes uh like crime novels which those crime novels are led to believe are actually about max Payne, which is another one of their games um, yes so <laughs> like again like their stuff is all interconnected it is amazing although the max Payne thing isn't confirmed it's led to believe due to the description of the characters and how the characters portrayed in acts yeah it's led to believe it's kind of max Payne. um but yeah. anyway the only reason why i can't really say it is because they don't own the rights to max Payne anymore um oh, rockstar ones. i see yeah <laughs> but anyway like remedy is amazing with their storytelling and it, because of that that is why they are my favorite fucking studio favorite publisher i ain't gonna get into that shit but studio 100 remedy love y'all one day i'll work for you um <laughs> a few more and everything are you a competitive or casual player joss um casual yeah, I'm casual player. Unless you're playing Warzone. Unless I'm playing Warzone, then I get really competitive. Um, you but start, yeah, start I just talking like about people's just, mothers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> um, but 
besides that, like when I'm not playing Call of Duty, I just chill, play games like single player games or even Sea of Thieves I'll play, but I usually solo salute it. I'm just chilling, just casually playing, nothing competitive unless it's needed. Look at you using in-game lingo. Oh, I just solo sleep it. <laughs> People who don't play fucking see if these are like, what the fuck does solo sleep me? <laughs> you just go on a sloop. It's a type of ship. And you just solo it. It's you like, know, it's you like just an by little boat and everything. Yeah. Um, okay. And for, for me, I am 100% competitive. There is possibly, <laughs> I, and you want to know just pretty much like the easiest way to know that I'm competitive is I have had an xbox account since i was what 13 years old i mm -hmm. am now 26 later this month i'm turning 27 shout out to me i'm still alive um, <laughs> but for as long as i have been on this earth the majority of the time i have actually had a fucking xbox account my gamer score is only fucking like 30 something thousand i think it's like 35 <laughs> or 36 thousand that is nothing okay that is nothing but if you go which is why i want xbox to bring the shit back but if you go into what games i played and everything and how much i've played them it is ridiculous how much time i have put into ghost recon wildlands in the multiplayer it is ridiculous now granted because i used to compete in there and everything that's also the ads aren't to it but the friends that I've made on there and everything are people I still talk to this day. Shout out to Brutal. Shout out to Sludgy. Shout out to Count and everything. Shout out to Crazy Clown. Shout out to all y'all and everything. Like, I love y'all. So, saying that, look at also how much hours I've put into Call of Duty. Like, it's ridiculous. The reason why my gamer score is so low is because all I really do is play multiplayer games. And, like, yeah. and it wasn't until, like, um, and again, if you go into my gamer score, most of my um, achievements are literally within like all Ubisoft games. It's like yeah. straight up Assassin's Creed and Splinter Cell. That is literally what all of my fucking gamer scores broken down into. <laughs> um, but saying that and everything, like yeah, I'm just literally straight competitive, and it's pretty, like, you you can't get me out of my competitive mode. That's just how I am, um, and, I, and that I'm never gonna change. I promise you, I'm not. Um, I remember yeah. it was like, Holly once told me I was playing Super Smash Bros and everything on Switch, and this is like when me and her like we had just moved in together. She was like, "Yo, uh, she's like, let's play and everything, and whoever wins, uh, what you call it, they get to um, like whoever, no, whoever loses has to do the dishes for a week." Oh man, that was the worst time she ever had. I whipped her ass. She can say, no, rematch, rematch. I kept whipping her ass. She never won once. <laughs> um, uh, well, I guess up next is, uh, what was one of the most memorable moments in gaming for you? Oh. Most memorable was us playing Splinter Cell. Um, what was that, Conviction? Oh, the, the um, co-op campaign. Yeah, Conviction. Co-op campaign, Archer and yeah. Kestrel. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that Kestrel. <laughs> that fucking fight. That last mission. Was some bullshit. That's what that last yeah. mission was. Yeah, I, so if anybody has never played of uh, the... Well, if you play Splinter Cell Conviction, please do yourself a favor if you have not played the co-op mode. You can play it in a split screen, which is what my sister and I did, or you can play mm -hmm. with somebody online. I'm not sure if the server's still up, but play with somebody. Split screen right on the couch. 
it's fun the final mission because mind you we beat the game and everything but then we went back and we played no my bad we went to the last mission and instead of finishing the last mission we went back to the first mission and played it in the hardest difficulty from the beginning all the way leading up until the last mission and we never finished the last mission in regular difficulty we said fuck that yeah. we're gonna play it in the hardest one that was the biggest mistake we've ever made in our lives <laughs> that that last thing fuck waves of enemies no there's not waves it's just one big ass wave and they do not stop coming they are charging after your ass and everything ain't nobody with no damn pistol no 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 it's ars and smgs going wild on your ass and everything fucking grenades flying and stuff and then here we are fucking throwing proximity mines fucking claymores shooting people with sticky shocks grenade here grenade there emp pop here emp pop there and then literally once you get to the point where the girl's like yo listen yeah you can evac now oh yeah we just hauled ass started throwing everything else we fucking had on the floor yeah. <laughs> and then that was crazy. yeah then spoiler alert for those of you who haven't played it that's your fault if you haven't games old as shit um <laughs> the very last thing you have to do you get a cool little cutscene and everything and you both are you know talking to your respective you know managers if you will the higher ups and stuff within your government and they basically said yo your final part of your mission and everything is uh there are to be no loose ends and after they say that it literally drops both you and the person that you're playing with this whole time and you're on opposite sides of this aircraft and you got to do a 1v1 and kill each other <laughs> so that's yeah. just not fun i knew automatically i was gonna die because i never beat you in anything but i tried <laughs> yeah but what? it was still fun and it was like top 10 most like betrayals like yeah, yeah. you know it's crazy like it was crazy that is definitely one of one of my most memorable ones but i think what makes like that even more crazier is that the game that we played directly after that was the game hunted and a very <laughs> fucking final mission you had to torch. fucking kill each other yeah so i that, was like not again <laughs> yeah. so that, that's what makes the splinter something even more better i was so sad <laughs> um well, I guess speaking about being sad. My character is always the one <laughs> that dies. <laughs> speaking about being sad, sister. Uh, what made what game made you cry, or at least what scene um, within the game made you cry? And this is our final question. Then we get the hell out of here. Okay. Um, I don't. I never. I don't remember ever crying to anything. Um, when Anderson dies in Mass Effect Three, it was really sad. Um, because I thought he looked like dad, so when he died, I was like, no, dad. Daddy, no. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I'm trying to think, like, uh, I can't really think of any game that, like, made me really sad and want to cry. Um, the, the one that made me extremely sad made me want to cry was, um, the Lord of the Rings game, War in the North. Um, you get this cool-ass big fucking bird named Bellaram, and he flies you guys around everywhere. And they start shooting these husky-ass arrows at this mofo and hit him, and he falls, and he falls to his death. Now, later on, you find out that he ain't dead. He's alive. But that's not what the game made you think, right? The game made you think <laughs> that that nigga died. And I, I was fucking tearing up, man. I was like, Jesus Christ, man. It was like somebody plucked like five nose hairs from me, man. I was fucking going through it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah nah, that that game fucked me up other than that um i guess modern warfare 2 when um your oh. character and ghost dies 
or not die, they get murdered. Like that shit, <laughs> that that fucked you up as a kid. Um, yeah, that was so sad. Modern Warfare Three, I think it was. Is it Roach that gets shot or whatever, or was it Soap? One of them. They get shot. I think it's Roach. Yeah, and then Roach is like the Captain Price is like you know holding him. He's laying on the table and everything all fucked up and shot. I was sitting there like, yo, <sighs> like why are you putting me through this, man? <laughs> yeah, those. Yeah, I think man, Ghost dying. Yeah, that's my. That yeah, was really sad. Because they drop was... his body and his head just rolls and looks at you. I'm like, oh. And looks fuck. at you. <laughs> then they just put pour all this gasoline on you. And you're literally watching yourself die. Like, yeah, that, that was Yeah, that was crazy. Up. Yeah. Oh, man. Video games are fucked up places, man. Oh. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think. Other than that. Yeah. I, I think Bellaram and fucking Modern Warfare 2 and Modern Warfare 3 has some of the most saddest shit. Oh. No, fuck that. Gears of War 2 when um yeah when dom um the the main character's best friend when this mofo mm-hmm. uh, y'all know the scene as soon as like years of war two y'all should know the scene when he finds his wife and everything his wife is fucked up and she going through it and she you know dom has to put her out of her um was it out of her misery mm-hmm. and you know the main character marcus starts walking away and shit like that and you know he's holding his wife he's hugging her and also if you actually got the collector's edition of gears 2 you actually got the picture that dom keeps on him with hit of him and his wife you get the little cute uh-huh. little uh wallet photo that he has um and yeah that you know oh. marcus walks away and then all you hear is one gunshot and you pretty much know that he, he killed his wife yeah that that was heavy and then in the okay, same game I... we think carmine fucking dies too but this muffle comes back and i'm like yo what is going on <laughs> <laughs> i i remember two games so one was the walking dead game uh season one oh with clem when yeah with clementine and lee when she ha- well you can choose if you kill him or not but i think i chose to kill him um but lee gets bitten by a zombie and basically he's dying and you put him out of his misery that was a really emotional scene Clem is like little and also like you guys the whole game are like really close and like it's just so sad he was such a good character yeah um so that one but this is gonna be silly there was this minecraft story mode game oh god that <laughs> you have a pet pig named Reuben <laughs> and he's so <laughs> he dies Thank you all for coming you. out and everything. I'm glad you guys listened. <laughs> <laughs> and when he dies, he poops and turns into a pork chop. And oh my god, hey, that yo, scene is so sad. Yo, <laughs> I almost cried. Um, it sounds silly talking about it, but if you play it, if you play it, you would be sad too. Jesus Christ, guys. bro. <laughs> it's so sad. Oh, man. But, so yeah, those are my answers. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think I could think of any other game. Ruben. <laughs> uh, oh no, actually, it didn't make me cry, but it almost did. Um, the very beginning of Splinter Cell, um, Black, no, not Black, yeah, Splinter, no, Splinter Cell Double Agent. The mm-hmm. very beginning of Splinter Cell Double Agent, you doing the your first mission. You're like on some like it's like snowy as shit. I don't know where the fuck you are. Probably um, some place where it's snowing like crazy. You're gonna go do your <laughs> mission and shit like that, and 
halfway through, Lambert calls you and says, yo, evac and everything, get the fuck out of there and stuff like that. He's like, nah, he's like, cut the mission, you gotta come. He's like, nah, I could do this right now. And Lambert's like, no, 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 you need to get the fuck out of here and everything. That's an order. So Fisher's like mad as shit. And then you get back to the place, you hit the rope and everything, you go to extract, and then they do the cutscene and everything. And Fisher's like, yo, what the fuck's going on? And Lambert's like, yo, Fisher, like, it's Sarah. He's like, what are you talking about? And then that's when you find out that um, Sarah Fisher's daughter was killed in a hit and run accident and stuff. And like, that is literally the beginning of the fucking game. I was like, yo, what the hell, Sarah? And again, if you are fans of the Splinter Cell games and you play them, you know that literally when you're playing the game, sometimes when you finish the mission or in between missions, you'll get a phone call from her. And you pretty much get to see this man's daughter kind of grow up through all the games leading up into Blacklist and everything. Actually, no, fuck that conviction. When in conviction, when you find out that she's actually not dead and everything. But then that fucks you up too because you kill the man who literally faked her death in order to protect her. And you mm. killed him in a fit of rage. You just like straight up put bullets into his chest. Or mm. I think he just put one in his head. One of his and everything. But anyway, you killed literally your best friend. But he was looking out for you and trying to protect your daughter. That's crazy. And you find that out literally after, right after you fucking kill him. You put the bullet Awkward. in him, you get a call, and it's like, yo, no, he was actually the good guy. Like, yo, that fucked me up. I said, no, not Lambert, bro. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, saying that, that's actually the final question that we have. This episode was a little bit longer and everything, but I also kind of wanted to give a little Q&A and stuff like that, I guess, for us at the end. So you could kind of get a better uh, understanding of the gaming type shit that we're into and everything, especially myself. Um, and, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like hopefully through this little Q&A section, you kind of got a good look into us and at least a good look into myself, the games I like, the things that I do and everything. Yeah, I kind of, I put my gamer score the fuck out there. Yup. There's a bunch of weirdos that try to invalidate, apparently, invalidate you for your gamer score. Um, I've seen what? it a lot on Twitter. Uh, listen, man, if your gamer score is like in the single, like, like thousands like if your gamers goes like three thousand or whatever something like that five thousand yeah no no we're gonna have to have a conversation (laughs) (laughs) especially depending on how old your account is and everything but let's be honest my account shouldn't be you know as low as gamer score as it is uh either but like i said i'm a multiplayer guy oh but yeah make more achievements for multiplayer games and i'll probably be in that shit um yeah no uh so y'all take it easy y'all have a good one uh joss i appreciate you for stopping by is there no any problem. socials that you would like to give out any social medias so where they can find um, you at or i'm jossie the ninja on everything i think okay literally so that is jossie the ninja that is one word uh all together you can find her and then you can find me on all your social platforms at inhuman line that's i-n-h-u-m-a-n-l-i-n-e inhuman line not inhumane inhuman jesus fucking christ can y'all get this right for me um thank you office of by it has been i believe episode 13 of the noise i could be fucking wrong but thank you for another episode thank you for another listen and please rate five stars on apple podcast and spotify anywhere else you can rate me at five stars that'd be great all right much love y'all take it easy please be safe